Welcome to the Monetary Mixtape with Will Hoffman, founder of Hoffman Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help fellow Gen Xers simplify complex wealth issues that are important to Gen X. We do this by cutting out the mundane material and using a refreshing approach to finances in a way this skipped generation appreciates. Join us for this ride where we explore financial planning and wealth management as Will Hoffman draws from almost 20 years of experience and brings to you qualified guests to help be your latchkey to tricky monetary affairs. Hello and welcome to Monetary Mixtape with your host, Will Hoffman. I'm Wendy McClure, and today we'll get to know Will and what we can expect in the future. Will, how are you? I'm great, Wendy. Happy to be here and excited to get the Monetary Mixtape started. Absolutely. Now, tell us what it is that you do and why you do it. I am the founder and owner of Hoffman Wealth Management. We are a wealth management firm that focuses with uh, individuals and families uh, on all of their portfolio needs, all of their you know, financial planning, wealth management uh, needs, all of their goal planning uh, when it comes to their money, all of their risk management when it comes to them, and all of their re- you know, retirement planning and college funding and everything under the sun when it comes to uh, helping them manage their wealth and plan for their financial futures. Sounds like you do a lot, Will. Yeah, we do. It's uh, it's a fun business. It's a great business for somebody like me who doesn't like to sit still very long because you really don't get much time to sit still uh, in this profession. So why do you do it as an independent firm partnering with LPL and private advisor group? You know, I didn't start independent. Uh, the first two years of my career, I was with, with a big captive firm. Uh, in the city of Pittsburgh. And uh, I really enjoyed my time there. I learned a ton. They, they trained me well, but I could see that things weren't done necessarily for the client. They were done for the sake of the company. It was a good company. They had great products. They did treat their clients well, but I wasn't big on sales goals. I wasn't big on mandates when it came to the types of products we used. Um, I thought that Things needed to be done in the best interest of our clients first. And, you know, all of that other stuff would figure themselves out. If we were doing the right things for our clients, the commissions, the sales goals, the you know goals of the company would be met without a problem. And when I finished the training program with them, it was time. Uh, I had watched my father run his own independent insurance agency for my entire life. Um, I had grown up in that independent mindset of wanting to own my own business. Um, and I finished their training program and, and decided that I wanted to do this independently on my own. And because I wanted to do things, you know, with my clients and for my clients' best interest. Is there a way to tell that, you know, a firm is working for your best interest rather than the company's? That's always the biggest problem. Right. Fortunately, the regulatory environment has transitioned a ton over my 20-year career. And now it's almost required and it is required. There's a lot of processes and things in place that we have to show our work, you know, like, like we were when we were learning long division in elementary school. Oh, fine. Yeah. We have to show our work. So we have to be able to prove that what we're doing is, is in our client's best interest. They're probably in the history of the finance profession. Um, there probably isn't a better time to be a client to tell you the truth 
um, because we're doing what's in our client's best interest. We have to. That's good to hear. You know, it's yes. you know, for um, for people who are very nervous about that. You know, you, you wonder sometimes kind of the used car salesman uh, philosophy. You're like, oh, sure. no, oh, no. Well, um, and, you know, when that regulatory environment changed, um, it didn't impact our firm at all. We were ready to roll. Private advisor group and LPL kind of had us positioned already. And that was the reason why we partnered with them. The philosophy was the same as what uh, our firms was. We wanted to do what was in our client's best interest. So for us, it really wasn't much of a, of a transition. We just, we just kept rolling along and, and kept you know, doing what was best for our clients and, and didn't have to really adjust much. That's great. You're a step ahead. Yes. So who are you trying to reach when it comes to this podcast? I love Gen X. Uh, I'm firmly in the latter stages of Gen X, you know, born in 1978, we are right at the end of the, of the Gen X group. And that's who I want to reach. That's who, that's who we want to get uh, information to. Um, I feel like, and, and I think my, my peers would agree that, that we've been skipped over when it comes to a lot of things. Um, it seems like we went right from baby boomers right along to millennials and, you know, what, what's being lost is right now is our time to shine. Um, we're, we're hitting leadership positions within companies. We're, you know, raising our kids to, to change the world. We are, you know, ingrained in our culture. If we saw what happened at the Super Bowl halftime show, that, that was us. That was our culture. That was Gen X's halftime show was, was uh, on full display. And you saw how popular that was. You're talking and about Mary J. Blige. And- Mary J. Blige and Dr. Dre and, right, and Eminem. Right. Yeah, that was For anybody who um, may not Snoop. Have- or even remembered. I'm like, okay, which halftime show was that? Okay, now I remember. <laughs> yeah, that that was for us, and and now is is kind of our time to shine. And uh, I don't want our generation to get skipped or ignored um, when it comes to what they need from advice, uh, from financial planning, from wealth management. And you know, when I look at the landscape, I was kind of afraid that's what was happening. Is you know, all right, baby boomers have retired; they're in distribution phase. Now let's go to the millennials, which is their kids. And I kind of sat there and said, hey, wait, what about us? Why do you think that's happening? We are a, a smaller generation. We have always been kind of to ourselves. You know, we were latchkey kids. We took care of ourselves. We, um, you know, got home from school, got a snack, got our homework done. And by that time, our parents had come home and, you know, we had kind of uh, taken care of all that. So I think the attitude was sort of, well, they'll take care of themselves. They always have. Um, you know, I just wanted to uh, to interject that you know, sure. I literally was a latchkey kid. I yeah. literally had a shoelace with a key <laughs> that I wore around my neck inside my shirt to school so that I could get into the house when I got home. I mean, like literal <laughs> <laughs> textbook definition of a latchkey kid. <laughs> yeah, and, and but that's... you're right that we have always taken care of ourselves. Yeah, and that's I think that that was just the assumption was. Well, they'll figure it out. They have their 401ks. They have their retirement plans. And I think that it's going to be uh, necessary for a Gen Xer to get this kind of advice, to, to hear what, you know, the plethora of ideas that we have for shows and for hosts or for guests. And, you know, I think it's going to be necessary and hopefully I'm not the last one to do it. So tell us more about what we can expect then. What are we going to be hearing? Well, we're going to hear a lot of uh, a lot of about the financial issues that, that our generation is facing. 
you know, there's tons, you know, we are taking care of our parents while we're raising our kids. We're trying to get them into college and understand that whole process while keeping our eye on our retirement. Um, we've come through some pretty significant market events and socioeconomic events. And those are always in, in the back of our minds when we're planning for some of these things. So, so we're going to shed a light on that, but we're going to do it with, um, with a ton of enthusiasm. We're going to do it with um, a ton of infusions of Gen X culture, um, talking about, you know, the movies, the music, the sports, the, um, the things that, that made our generation great, um, the things that, that are iconic to us. Um, you know, we came of age in some great music. You know, we took rock and roll and turned it into grunge and heavy metal. And, you know, we created headbangers. We were there for the birth of hip hop and have watched that evolve. Um, so we're going to infuse all of that into some money and some asset help and some monetary uh, support um, and do it enthusiastically and have a lot of fun with it. Just out of curiosity, because I am a Gen Xer myself. Okay. Might be a little bit older than you, but we won't go there. Um, favorite all-time 80s music, music, uh, movie, that is. And bonus points if it's a John Hughes movie. Um, I love John Hughes movies, but it's not. Um, I have to go with the iconic Karate Kid trilogy. Wow. Well, I guess there was more. But the Karate Kid movies are when I think of Gen X, it's Mr. Miyagi and daniel Sun. Um, yeah, attacking, you know, uh, Johnny and then <laughs> heading to Japan to, to help with Mr. Riyagi's hometown in the sequel. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably the one that sticks out the most. Again, I love the John Hughes movies. I love all of the Rocky movies, love the star yeah. Wars movie, but, but the one that sticks out to me are the, are the karate kid movies. And are you watching Cobra Kai? I have, um, okay. I'm not up to speed as, as I would like. Okay. Um, but I, I have gotten into the Cobra Kai series. There you go. How about you? What's, what's your, your iconic movie? I always have a hard time. Pretty in Pink always is my go-to, yeah. but St. Elmo's Fire, I mean, yes. whoa. That, that, <laughs> the song. Playing the saxophone. <laughs> yes, that song is on my, um, my running playlist, the St. Elmo, Elmo, oh, yeah. Elmo's Fire song, yeah. Yeah, great stuff, man. Like you said, and the soundtrack of the 80s is just right. so amazing. Well, and, and eclectic. You know, like I said, we went from, we took rock and turned it into grunge and heavy metal and, yeah. and hip hop. And, you know, we all have all of that music on our mixtape. And, um, you know, anybody that, that doesn't, I think, is fooling themselves. Yeah. You know, why are they skipping over us? We're like, I don't know, right. Going on. And <laughs> it's, and it's, we're seeing it all reemerge right now. Yeah. The styles are starting to reemerge the, um, you know, the movies, they're rebooting all of the great stuff from our generation. Star Wars re, you know, reemerged, um, Cobra Kai, like you had mentioned. And the kids I, all know the music from the, right. they and all I, know I, it. I think we're going to see another Rocky. I think if I had to guess, there's going to be another Rocky come out before, uh, before it's all said and done with. Mm, can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Monetary Mixtape because you want to learn about financial planning and wealth management. If you have any questions at the end, please head over to www.hoffmanwealth.com or look in the show notes to schedule a call with us. 
So tell me, Will, what is one thing that you as a finance guy, let's go finance guy. What is the (laughs) one thing that you recommend to family and friends? I, I, I know that with the advancement of all of the technology and services that put this information and the ability to do this on your own at our fingertips, um, I do think it's important that folks work with an advisor. Um, and to even compound on that, I think it's important that they work with some sort of independent advisor. There's a lot of great firms out there. There's a lot of great advisors, big New York style firms, but the independent advisors, um, big or small, are the folks that are have been delivering the services and advice that are in their client's best interest long before it was required. Um, so I do think folks should work with an advisor. It's, I know it's a hobby for some to, um, you know, pick their own investments and, and that's fine. It's, you know, it's what drove me to this business. I enjoyed it. I always liked doing it. I liked doing it in college. I liked, you know, learning about that, but those first few years of my career, there was so much that I didn't know that, um, I think that if I would have done this as a hobby, for myself, I could have put myself in harm's way or, and put myself in a lot of trouble. Cause you didn't know as much as you thought that you did. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's fun to look at a company or it's fun to look at a, an investment and speculate. But, um, when you're putting your family's nest egg, uh, in the hands of your own speculatory, uh, biases, let's say, um, you can get yourself in trouble. And unfortunately we've seen it. Um, fortunately we've been able to help a lot of people clean up those types of scenarios. And one thing, and we're going to talk a lot about this uh, on the podcast, the behavioral finance that goes into it is fascinating. The psychology that goes behind how we invest, why we invest, um, how we make these decisions is has always fascinated me. And there's a lot of resources that, that advisors tap into and use to, to help their clients through those moments. Oh, that's great. So on that same vein, what is your business and investing philosophy? Um, I'm all about consistency. I'm all about um, discipline. It's how I've grown my business, being very, very disciplined that ups and downs don't matter. There's a marathon runner that that I'm a huge fan of. His name's Elliot Kipchoge. And he tells us discipline is, it removes the mood from, um, from your success. So staying disciplined, investing when it's hard, um, investing when it's easy, all of that is, is very important. Uh, it, you know, working when it's hard, working when it's easy is the same thing, uh, with our business. It's what we, you know, kind of preach to young advisors, just stay consistent and things will turn out. Okay. Removes the mood. Yes. I love that. Yeah. You, that, that takes away all of your excuses. The, I don't feel like it. I right. don't, I can't do this right now because when you're disciplined, it doesn't matter. Yep. Absolutely. So do you any offer any services to the community? Yeah, we are open for new clients. Um, we don't have count minimums. So we, uh, we used to do a seminar series that was educating folks heading into retirement um, on how to prepare do a lot of speaking engagements at different, uh, you know, community organizations, clubs, schools. Um, we helped with a young entrepreneurs program in a local school district uh, a few years ago, helping, I think it was fourth and fifth graders 
just understand what goes into running something as simple as a lemonade stand and, and something as complex as a tech company and, and understanding how to, you know, how to budget, how to, how to engage customers, how to market. So we do, we do a lot of things like that. I have found that is the one thing that is sorely lacking in mm-hmm. education is, you know, nobody talks about how to manage your money, which is right. one of the most important things when it comes to being an adult. Right. And it gets skipped at every level. It gets skipped at, in elementary, middle and high school. It gets skipped in college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, folks graduate with a, a significantly advanced degree and they head into their HR department at their first job. And they say, what do you, what, I don't know what a 401k is. What are you talking about? Right. And it's going to be what funds, you know, will we'll hopefully only work for 40 years and maybe be retired for 40 years. So, you know, it, it's going to dictate what happens in, in half of your life. And we skip all of that. And as we all know, the earlier you get started on this stuff, the better off you are. So, you know, I would, I love to hear that speaking at schools and stuff, yeah. and I wish that we could do more of that. Yeah. That's the fun part is, you know, getting through to kids and, you know, we've had a work study in here a couple of times from local high school, but seeing them, you know, because it can, it can change the trajectory of their lives. Understanding this stuff can change the trajectory of their life for the better if they understand these things. So let's get away from work for a little while. I want to know what it is that you do for fun. Well, I have three boys. So we spend a lot, my wife and I spend a lot of time with them, helping with their, uh, their, you know, in the throes of youth sports now. So I always help um, 11, six and four. Ooh, you're in the nitty gritty. So, so helping coach, you know, that's fun to me. We enjoy that stuff. I am an avid runner. I've participated in Pittsburgh and Boston and New York City marathons and wow. getting ready to tackle Chicago here in uh, in October. You said um, participated. Yes, I don't win races. I just run. <laughs> no, but you finished, right? <laughs> right. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Yeah, finished those races. <laughs> and that was something I was always fascinated with the mind of a marathoner. You know, the, we, we can teach our bodies to do anything, but teaching your mind to do something is really, really hard. And um, how they would keep their minds occupied for that long of a time while you're, you know, going through such physical agony was always fascinating to me. And I, I did learn how they did it. And the great ones don't have to, they're fast. So they don't have to keep their mind occupied as long as a guy like me has to. So <laughs> they have a significant advantage, but yeah, I, I like to run at really anything sports. I like to play golf, uh, basketball. I'm going to try to learn tennis with our boys next summer. Oh, um, great. I just, I just, I grew up, you know, every season there was a new sport and grew up with that. And, you know, it's kind of followed through to my adult life. Are you a fan of certain sports? Do you like, you know, major sports? Um, I do. I, my wife thinks I'm nuts because I like to sit and watch a marathon and it's oh, two hours like watching golf. <laughs> no, come on. It, to me, it's fun. And again, I'm just fascinated and in, in, in awe of what they can do at, at that speed. Um, I do like to watch track and field. Um, okay. I like, you know, I like the big ones. I like to watch, uh, go to take my kids to baseball games. I like to, you know, watch football, uh, basketball. Yeah. I like to watch all that stuff. So it's everything. Yes. There you go. Okay. So what is, what would you say is your proudest achievement? Uh, definitely my three boys. It's really amazing to watch them grow. And I think every parent, at least I hope every parent attacks parenthood, like they want to 
they want their kids to be the ones that change the world. Um, so it's kind of fun watching my three boys and, and their different personalities and how I see they're going to have their impact on the world already at, at such young ages. Um, but definitely those three are the, the uh, apple of mine and Jamie's eye. And, you know, hopefully it'd, it'd be great for one of them to be in, in this business with me at some point um, or all of them to be in this business with me at some point. But watching the three of them um, is really probably the proudest thing that, that I go through every day. So how are their personalities? Are they very similar? Are they very different? No, 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 no. <laughs> Liam's going to change the world with his heart. He's our oldest. Miles, our middle, is going to change the world with his mind. And uh, Nolan, our youngest, is going to change the world with his enthusiasm. Yeah, they're, wow. they're, they're all three very, very different. They get along great. Uh, most of the time, like I say, that's good because the, um, with those three things together, they truly can change the world. Right? Yeah, they're um, they're they're all um, they're all special in their in their own unique ways, and um, it's going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of years to watch them develop into adults and hopefully encourage them to tackle the world and use their strengths to to have their impact. Awesome. What is the best way, Will, to get in touch with your office? You know, we have a great website, hoffmanwealth.com is probably the easiest way you can schedule a, a phone call or directly contact us through there. Our email addresses are on there. Our phone number's on there. We're, we're pretty accessible all the time. And, and that's probably the, the, the best way. LinkedIn page is great. I have a, a personal LinkedIn page, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that I'm pretty active on. And, that, and that's the best way. Phone number 724-522-5411 is uh, probably the best number to call and, and you'll get right to, uh, to me or, or my assistant, Katie, and um, you know, we'll see what we can do to help. So you can go to your website and schedule a call or just send an email or something like that. Because, you know, I right. find, and I don't know what it is, but yes, there, we just, we hate picking up the phone anymore. It's like, right. why, why would I call someone when I can just email? Sure. Email or text or yeah. yeah, the phone works great. It's quick. It's painless. Somebody will more times than not, a human will answer every time and we can have a chat about whatever, whatever you need some help with. Okay. Well, as we wrap up any last words, anything you want to add before we sign off for the very first time? Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be a part of your day. And, uh, I hope you are as excited as we are to uh, to bring this this Gen X focused podcast and some uh, you know mix in some wealth management along with Gen X culture and, and I'm really excited about uh, getting this going and what we're going to be doing in the future. It's very exciting. Well, thank you for tuning in to Monetary Mixtape with Will Hoffman. You can always check out Will's website as he mentioned HoffmanWealth.com. Much more to come, so stay tuned and please share with your friends. Don't bounce just yet. The streetlights haven't come on. Thank you for listening to the Monetary Mixtape Podcast. If you thought this episode was dope, then click the follow button to be notified when we drop a new episode. Visit our website at hoffmanwealth.com or give us a call at 724-522-5411. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hoffman Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.
The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. Private Advisor Group and Hoffman Wealth Management are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.